Welcome to another episode of 20-something expert, our founders special, where we're interviewing Kabir Bali, who is the co-founder of Jumpstart, which is the startup graduate program. So I knew Kabir from my old work. And like everyone that's left, we've gone on to do way bigger and better things. (laughs) Joking to anyone that's still at said company. Um, So Kabir, thanks for coming on. And it'd be really great if um, for the listeners, you could just give like five minutes on your background and how you ended up founding Jumpstart. Thank you very much, Millie. So yeah, just a bit about me. So I uh, I graduated from Oxford uh, five years ago. Um, I think like many people um, found the whole process of trying to find a job slightly terrifying and also kind of disappointing in terms of the choices on offer, um, being kind of mainly the large corporate grad schemes like banks, consulting firms, law firms, but kind of, I guess, regardless of that, ended up becoming a consultant at Deloitte, which is where I met Millie. Um, when we both actually joined the digital strategy team within Monitor, which was which was good. So that did that for two or three years, kind of mainly uh, doing media uh, and TNT clients and projects. Um, and then back in March of this year, so I think literally the week that lockdown was announced by Boris the first time round, uh, took a leave of absence for um, eight months to start Jumpstart, which is, as Millie said, the startup graduate program. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. So I suppose a little bit what that actually means. So um, what we do is, is every two months or so, or every every seven or eight weeks, we select um, and interview uh, 10 or so bright and hungry graduates. Uh, we train them up in kind of uh, basic workplace skills. So communicating effectively, um, using things like Excel and PowerPoint and, and learning how to understand and analyze data, um, as well as kind of things like problem solving um, and actually then place them in our partner startups in long term roles. Uh, so full time roles. And then once they actually are placed in those companies, companies, uh, we provide them with ongoing training and support. So once one of Matthew and I will um, mentor each of our graduates one-on-one. Um, we'll also have sort of group sessions where you meet as a cohort and see how things are going. Um, and the plan is kind of in the future to have a more rigorous training um, program. So once they actually go into a role, let's say marketing, join a startup, let's say ULife, which is an tech company, have sort of eight months or so of, of structured training on how to be a marketing professional or digital model marketing professional um, over the course of those eight months, as well as getting all the benefits of being part of a cohort of other graduates, as well as the mentorship that we provide. So that's a little bit about uh, what we do. Wow, Kabir, I feel like you're talking at lightning speed, but really great, really great to hear what Jumpstart does. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also, I just want to point out to the listeners that you did name said company that I was... (laughs) joked about at the start oh, supposed to do that. which gave um a really good training ground for Kabir and I we must say <laughs> um no that's awesome and such interesting timing I guess you've touched on it a little bit through personal experience and it's definitely the experience I had um in my third year of university as well is kind of yeah. seeing the system that we were in I didn't really do anything to fight it at that time like you said we both ended up being funneled into consulting but what was it about that system that you think was broken and why did you want to fix it, the sort of path into into your first job? Yeah, I, I suppose there are, I mean, in terms of the problem that we try to fix, I think that's slightly different to the overall context, I think, which, which has and is changing. So I think, firstly, I mean, I, I don't know, you probably feel similarly about this, but the reason why people do join companies like Deloitte and um, McKinsey and BCG and Goldman Sachs is, as I think, to 
or threefold. So firstly, um, there's the obvious thing, which is the salary, which is obviously more of a draw at the banks, um, but, it, but it's definitely there in terms of the larger salaries that they can offer as opposed to smaller companies. I think the training is another one that everyone will talk about as being a really important reason why you'd go to a large corporate grad scheme over a smaller company. And I suppose the last one, um, which is probably the most relevant, is the kind of social capital that you get from joining a company like Deloitte, the blue tick on your CV. Um, so I think all three of those things are actually changing quite a lot. So I think firstly, on terms of the salary front, yes, I'd say that consulting firms and banks still do offer more in terms of salary than startups, but that gap is is closing. And we've seen that close quite a lot, particularly with larger startups like a, a Monzo or Revolut, which is more of a scale up. They are really willing to offer kind of similar types of salaries. Um, in, terms of the, in terms of the training, I actually think that um, the kind of training or, or the experience of being a graduate in a, in a small scale startup that's growing very fast is in many ways kind of more relevant than working in a, in a large corporate yeah. company. Um, a lot of the things that we were taught to monitor at Deloitte about you know agile and MVP and prototyping and customer um, and UX and customer search and all those sort of skills. I mean they essentially originate from startups. Um, so it's kind of better to actually learn it from the source of the um, of the, the founder knowledge, like rather than the kind of way it's been reappropriated in certain ways by corporates. So I think that's the second point. And I think on the third as well, um, in, in terms of the societal pressure. There definitely is still a societal pressure to go into those big companies and there's a sense that you can kind of get your get your tick on your cv and then do your do your own thing but i think even that is changing a bit um and one of our grads um alex i'll call him out a little bit here but he he made a joke saying oh now that i'm working in a startup it's a bit of an ex i don't actually need to have a personality uh, which he was obviously slightly joking about but like, there is a bit of a i think a shift amongst graduates of you know seeing that she's working in smaller companies that might have more of a social impact or a purpose-driven impact or being disruptive is actually seen as a lot more interesting and a lot more kind of um it gives you a little bit of a kind of intellectual um uh i don't know sort of uh perch over maybe a larger company um and so yeah i think those three um things or reasons why you might join a large company are, are slightly receding um, so that's the context that changed, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Jumpstart was was the sort of there was something to fix. That was just the context that changed. I think what we saw that was broken was the ability for graduates to access startups. So even though they were potentially more interested in startups, there's no easy way to kind of find those companies on careers yeah. websites. Startups don't necessarily have the resources or the time to actually go out and go to careers fairs or market themselves to graduates. So that that's the, the the actual visibility of those companies was was quite uh small um i think from a um startup perspective they didn't always have the time uh, and resources to train up graduates so even though they might be an exciting place to start as a graduate um the startup itself is pretty time strapped they're trying to make lots of money for their investors they don't always have the time to provide that kind of training and i guess mentorship and pastoral support that we might have got as a, at a Deloitte or another company so I guess that's where we saw Jumpstart fitting in kind of providing or uh, copying pasting a little bit the, the best bits of a corporate grad scheme so joining as a part of a cohort um, providing some training providing a, a bit of mentoring providing a support network but actually in, in the context of working in a startup which is hopefully a kind of more dynamic or uh, sort of future facing uh, prospect than working in a large-scale grad scheme. Yeah, I, I really think you're, I mean, I remember the first time you explained the concept to me and I thought it was amazing. And I think whenever you find or whenever you're tackling a problem with a solution like yours and you tell it to other people and they're like, I wish that had been around when I was in the right stage to have used it. That's when you know you're onto something. And I wish this had existed 
back when I was graduating and maybe I also wouldn't have chosen the path that I did. Um, But actually, I mean, what I had done, which a lot of the listeners will know if they've listened to any of the other episodes, is also an alternative kind of education route. I know it's slightly different in the sense that doing the alternative MBA was like a path into startups, but from a different stage at your career, it's not sort of a graduate stage. Um, But I think that, you know, with the disruption that COVID has had, I think people that would have just naturally looked to these very established routes into certain businesses are now far more open and far more amenable to alternative routes in. So I think even though it might have seemed like a crazy time to launch this business with so much uncertainty around the hiring markets, in a way, I also think user behavior is on your side in that people are willing to take more risks on newer brands or or newer institutions. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's uh, it's probably just like a, in general, if you have more disruption or uncertainty, okay, it's, it's not kind of generally going to be, it's obviously not good for everyone, um, but generally more uncertainty and more kind of disruption does mean more opportunity to kind of like, challenge the existing order and obviously if you're a, a travel startup that's not that doesn't mean it's working well for you because of the pandemic but in general it will provide more opportunities for for companies because that's what sort of uncertainty does so um even saying that though obviously it's got to be challenging to have yeah. started the business what do you think that uh, what are your biggest reflections on sort of launching a new business your first business in the pandemic yeah, I mean, I still remember actually. So we planned to sort of um, take. I planned to take a leave of absence back in January uh, of last year, or sorry, early this year, and sort of got it all sorted out, got all the paperwork sorted, and then um, aiming for March. And the lockdown was announced sort of four days before. And I remember kind of the, the director in our team saying, "Are you sure this is the right idea?" <laughs> I suppose at the time I. It was. I mean, actually, Monitor and Deloitte was so great because because in terms of the situation I had was that I could come back uh, at any time with a kind of a couple of weeks' notice, so that the risk was quite low. I, I suppose that we we felt actually there could be a bit of an opportunity given that um, a lot of large companies, so companies like a Deloitte or a BCG, where Matthew was uh, was at as well, would are uh, were sort of pushing back their graduate. Uh, um, programs. So actually, it might be quite a good thing for us because all those people who might get jobs there or might consider doing internships there would no longer have an option. So they they, they might actually almost be forced in a way to to look at other options. Uh, and obviously, being a, a new company or a, a challenger, that, that was quite helpful to us. And I think that did kind of bear itself out a little bit at the start. So in a way, it was actually quite good for us because it, it gave us a, a little bit of a space to compete with those obviously slightly larger, more established um, programs. I think the other... Um, the other thing to say in terms of the positives was that, um, as you say, a lot of startups just grew massively over that period. I mean, so one of our the companies we work with, Stuart, is, is sort of a um, a B two B delivery. So they do like um, uh, logistics and delivery for um, for large companies in a, in a in a B two B manner, and they were just growing like absolute mad. So they were they were sort of really looking for top graduates and trying to hire them as soon as possible, and actually still are. Um, so there was actually a lot of opportunity from a kind of startup perspective as well. But having having said that, it was. I mean, the first few months were a bit of a slog. I mean, we were spending weeks and weeks just sort of cold emailing people, trying to get uh, startups on board, and it, and it was a slightly horrible process. And obviously, because a lot of these companies, even though they were growing, were still reluctant to hire and still had people in furlough and stuff. So, mm. although there were some bright spots, like it was still pretty scrappy. If you like. Yeah, I know. 
I definitely remember that time when sort of like you spoke to one of your friends, they were getting furloughed, you spoke to another one of your friends, they're getting furloughed. And like it's a even if a company's experienced growth, like you said, it's it's one thing to be growing and not firing. It's another thing to be actively yeah. hiring. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Kabir, what has been your biggest learning experience so far from starting a business? So I think so. So actually, I mean, to, to be candid, so Matthew actually sent me a few things that he he, that he wanted me to say, um, and I'm actually going to go slightly off script here. Um, so apologies, Matthew, when you do listen to this. But um, I, I think actually one of the things that I did quite a lot of, and I think Millie, you did as well a little bit when we were at Monitors, we spent a lot of time talking about strategy and you know reading Michael Porter and the Five Forces. Okay, maybe you and, did that, Kavir. I, I did okay, a lot of time I'm going not, okay, to I'm the seventh either. floor and getting <laughs> coffee. So <laughs> that probably explains the difference in our work ethics. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, but I mean, I spent a lot, and actually when I started the business, I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, I've got to read all this stuff about starting a business and like, how did Steve Jobs do it? And all of these sort of MBA business books. And, you know, it's all well and good. And I think that stuff is important once you've got a bit of momentum and you've started your company and you've kind of got a few users and it's all up and running. But at the start, it honestly is as visceral as like, can I convince this one person that I am credible and that I have like a product that they want to buy or that, that I, you know, they might potentially want to, uh, to enter a partnership with me. And, and so I think it was just like, all of that stuff does go out the window in the first few months because you just have to try and convince enough people that what you're saying is legitimate. And even if you haven't built it out yet, it is going to be legitimate and it all makes sense. So I think, and that's something I'd never had to do before. I never had to sell. I'd never have to like put together a slick like marketing pitch or talk to someone on Zoom that I'd never met to sell them something. And I think even if we'd had the best strategy like in the world, it would have all been completely pointless if we had not been able to like at least just get it off the ground and try and make that initial step of just convincing someone that we weren't completely full of hot air. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest learning that all this strategy stuff is great. But if you just can't convince someone that you want to sell what you're, what you're trying to, um, or, or trying to buy what you're trying to sell, then it's just all a bit of a waste of time. So execution is actually more important in, in many ways than the strategy stuff, which I think comes later once you've already got an ability to pivot things in certain ways. Yeah, you're so right there. Lesson to all the strategy consultants listening in. <laughs> it's bullshit. You just need execution well, capabilities. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not, but it's it's interesting though, because I, I was thinking about it just now and there's so many things written about like how Google, you know, how, how clever they were at sort of um, take being an early adopter of the uh, you know first mover advantage in terms of search and all this sort of stuff. But if you actually look at what they did, they weren't they were sort of just trying to build a cool product and see how it went. And then eventually they stumbled on paid advertising and the, the click, um, paid, the click and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying that that's not important, but often when people write these business books about strategy, it's, it's all very kind of, um, retrospective. You know, after, after yeah. the event and it retrospective and it all sounds very obvious. It's like, Oh, well, obviously Mark Zuckerberg was looking at the unit economics of why and had seen this wonderful opportunity. And maybe he did, but I, I, I mean, I'm quite skeptical. I think things just happen and you react to them and you and you re react to things when they happen again and, and and it's like you know there's a limit to how forward thinking you can be yeah and if we were still at monitor we'd be talking about that as like a really great reactive strategy that we should suggest to the client <laughs> um <laughs> you can explain it it's, it's a bit circular in a way you can always come yeah <laughs> making it strategic 
So Kavir, just to round that off, um, what are the three tips you would have for other 20-something founders? Yeah, so I think firstly, um, in terms of the 20-something bit, I think the time is now. If you do, if you genuinely have an idea which you think is good and you've spoken to people and that you think has legs, go and do it now. The two times in your life when you'll be able to go off and do something is when it's when you're kind of young and you're mid-20s and you don't have you know you maybe don't have a wife and kids and a, and a house and a mortgage or maybe or a husband to, I guess at this stage or a husband sorry 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 husband or yeah remember who you're talking um, to Kabir <laughs> I know sorry that's my personal bias coming in sorry um <laughs> Yeah, or, or a husband or a partner or whoever it is, um, or any any dependents of any sort, really. Um, uh, all kind of, um, so it's either now or, you know, once you've retired. So actually, as an example, my dad is, is kind of like, well, he hasn't retired, but he's sort of, you know, he's in his mid-60s and he's actually trying to start up his own business and I guess for him at, the, at this point in time he's you know done well out of his career and he can afford to kind of take a risk and there's no real downside because he's not putting in loads of um loads of money into it or loads of savings into it it's sort of more of a, a thing he's just trying to do on, on the side so that's obviously another time to do it but those are the, your two kind of I guess windows when you can when you can do this sort of thing so do if you do have a good idea just go out and, and do it now and I think given the way things are in terms of um what's available like it literally takes like half an hour to set up a website on Wix and test out an idea and build an MVP and you can use things like Google Forms and G Suite. It's, it's so easy to actually just test and test out uh, an MVP or an idea. So I would just go out and do it. I think uh, secondly, um, and this is a bit sort of like meta, but I think most people most people's advice is fairly useless. Um, whenever you, whenever you're starting to create, a, starting trying to create a business, everyone will have an opinion on it. Your dad will have an opinion, your granddad, your mom your mom's friend like everyone is trying to be helpful and give you advice but honestly most people don't have a clue so really pick carefully who you'll be who, who to advise you about it so for example with us picking people who had worked in recruitment was really important because we'd never done recruitment before in our lives and that's the kind of market we're working in um, and obviously talking to startup founders as well to ask everyone for advice you'll, you'll just get a lot of people who mean well but actually the, the content of what they're saying is based on not very much so that's kind of the second piece of advice if you like um which you can obviously take or leave um and i think thirdly um, like <laughs> yeah. ironically we'll take or leave that yes, piece of advice to take or leave general advice <laughs> exactly i'm getting very meta um and i think lastly it's everyone talks about the kind of feedback loop and build measure learn but um, and it, that is really important, but you need to kind of do that in a very structured institutional way. Um, because if you have this whole idea of like, I'm going to build, measure, learn, but if you don't have a kind of cycle to which you're working towards, it's very difficult to kind of actually build that in a progressive way. So for example, with us, each cohort, we sort of try something slightly new. So for example, in the last one, um, one of the things we, we sort of were finding out about is that software engineers were becoming, were very popular and were quite sought after assets. So we, we thought we might actually try and create a new tranche within Jumpstart for software engineers, which didn't really work out because actually we didn't know much about software engineers. They were already getting a lot of offers from other places. We weren't able to test for them effectively in our recruitment process. So that didn't really work. So we've actually tried, we're going to sort of phase that out for the next one and try something else. So it, having the cohorts every two months allows us to actually have a build, measure, learn loop, but actually have it in, t in terms of a timing and a sequence that means it's always kind of progressing. Um, and it allows you to just like focus on executing for the next cohort and then see how it works and then try something new for the one after that. So it, I think it's quite important to have those sort of times and periods in, in place when you're when you're 
doing that build measure learning loop. That's the last thing I'd say. All incredible advice um, and really excited for the people that are going to listen to this and then just completely start their business straight away. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the great idea and then I'm on it. It's, I feel like I've got the executional ability just waiting within me for the bolt that's of the, lightning. That's, that's the hard bit. Okay. Um, but my last thing before you leave is to ask you, however you came up with the inspiration for the name of your business. <laughs> this is actually quite under dispute at the moment. So, um, so just to disclaimer for everyone listening, Millie, um, I, I'm pretty sure Millie did come up with Jump Starter or, or some um, variation of, of Jump Start, which I ended up then telling Matthew about and we ended up choosing as our name uh which is not I mean it's not the most um I mean it's quite there are actually quite a lot of jump starts out this we may be looking to change our name down the line but I have to say Millie probably yeah probably was at least played quite a significant part in the inspiration for the name although Matthew claims it was just him so you need to take that one up with him and I will <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming <laughs> on my anchor and it's been incredibly interesting to hear your story Looking forward to hearing about Jumpstart in the press. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.